Welcome to Ag Credit Set It, the podcast for farm newbies and seasoned professionals alike. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from across the agriculture industry to bring you insights, advice, and must-have information on all things rural living, from farming to finances and everything in between. So let's get to it. Welcome back to another great episode of Ag Credit Set It. I'm Phil Young, one of your hosts and an account officer in Van Wert. Also joining me is the Matt Adams, uh, uh, another uh, great host you've heard on here before and account officer. And uh, across the table from us today is our very special guest, uh, Luke Lichtensteiger. He's a farm insurance specialist with Leland Smith Insurance out of Van Wert, Ohio. And we are actually sitting in the great county of Van Wert, Ohio today to record this. And I want to give a special shout out to Chris Roberts of WERT 1220 AM for, for letting us use their, their facilities today. So we are legitimately on in, in a radio studio. and Very uh, nice facilities, yes, too. Yes, yeah. So hopefully we, you know, I, I feel like maybe we're going to, we're not going to look better, but we're going to sound better at <laughs> That's least right. maybe today. So. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so WRT, really thankful for them. They're not only a great radio station, but also just a, a great supporter of, of local agriculture. So, so I want to thank them for that. So if you haven't guessed it, by Luke's title, Farm Insurance Specialist, um, we are going to talk uh, and chat a little bit about the ins and outs of farm liability insurance today. A topic that's definitely an important place uh, for any successful farmer operation is, is kind of your risk management portfolio, making sure that you're adequately secured and that they're making kind of you're kind of covering, I guess, your back end, you know, making sure that the stuff's okay um, with everything. So Absolutely. on that note, uh, we'd like to welcome Mr. Luke Lichtensteiger to the podcast. Welcome, Luke. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Good to see you guys. Yeah. Uh, so, Luke, before we dive into the the topic of insurance, uh, would you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, ag background, insurance background, all that good stuff, all the juicy details? Gotcha. You know. So, so we'll try to keep today's uh, kind of our conversation light because I know insurance is probably not the most exciting topic. A little bit about myself: I uh, am married. My wife is Kristen. Uh, she comes from a. Uh, a farm, the Eicholtz. Uh, they farm west of Van Wert as well. We have four kids, boy, girl, boy, boy. So that's that's kind of the uh, the home life. My wife started working with me in the insurance office last year. Uh, so that's been kind of nice to have her on board. Um, so background, went to Crestview, actually graduated with the Philip Young sitting across the table. Uh, went to St. Francis, played some football, Got a uh, business finance degree, got done there, kind of came home thinking, always knew I wanted to farm, got home and uh, I just remember, you know, my grandpa who I farm with saying, so uh, what are you going to do for income? And I I guess I looked at him and thought I was just going to farm and I guess reality hit. So uh, yeah, so that's kind of put me where I am now. My neighbor at the time, Randy Myers, asked me about joining the insurance world and I guess the rest is history. So uh, a little bit about our agency. Uh, I do work with Leland Smith Insurance, and we have uh, locations of Antwerp, Paulding, Antwerp, Delphus, Convoy, and Audeville. So that's just kind of a little bit about, you know, my history and and the agency that I'm affiliated with. Nice. Did you? How long have you been with Leland Smith? How long have you been doing insurance? Since 2009. Nine. Okay. So you know. 12 years. So we've seen, seen a lot of different things happen since 2009. You've probably had a, had a gambit of situations thrown at you. A lot of things in, in, especially in agriculture. And so, so I do farm, we farm actually over by the Young's farm. We're kind of over in that same mm-hmm. neck of the woods. 
you know, as much changes in farm in farming, there's kind of the same thing in insurance, anywhere from from you know insurance values all the way to all the different chemicals that have changed that mm-hmm. have kind of thrown everything in kind of a mix. So mm-hmm. it does seem like in agriculture, every aspect of our business is constantly changing and evolving almost quicker than I think we can keep up with sometimes. Yeah, yeah you got to pay attention, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, to kind of uh, start off then, Luke, um, can you give us just kind of a brief overview of the different farm insurance products that uh, you help farmers uh, get? Within agriculture, I always love when when people use the term farmer because it can really mean, I mean, anything. You know, we got mink farms in the county. Yeah, true. You know, and so... I guess I kind of pride myself, and our agency does. There's no, nothing that ends in the word agriculture that we can't insure. Um, and and it's funny because uh, you know we talk about this guys that their kids come back to farm just like me, and they're looking for ways to keep the boys or girls from leaving. So they got to find a way to generate some income, um, whether that be trucking confinement buildings, selling some seed, selling insurance, whatever. Um, so we run into a lot of different animals with mm-hmm. that. So I would say we kind of pride ourselves at our agency that if it smells of agriculture, we, we got a home for it. Okay, nice. So um, I guess you, you've kind of covered this as a, as a farm insurance specialist, you yourself farm. Where should, uh, you know, and it's kind of a spectrum, you said it's kind of a lot of different operation styles. Uh, where should a farmer uh, spend their money on insurance? What, sh- what should they be looking to do and, and spend their money? Um, so so that's, a, that's a, a good question that we could probably go a million directions on. Um, the biggest thing for me that I, I guess I push, and I think a couple years ago, we partnered with Ag Credit on a uh, LLC meeting you know, Mm. starting an LLC. And I know that's a, it's still a big ticket item. I guess on the insurance world, we, we believe very strongly in excess liability, umbrella policies, they're called. Um, if you don't have one, talk to your agent. Um, they come in intervals of a million dollars. It's probably the policy you'll never use. Hopefully you'll never use it. Um, but if you ever need it, you're going to thank your agent that you have it. Probably give them a big bear hug. Big bear hug. Yeah. 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 So, so that would be that would be probably my biggest takeaway. If you don't have an umbrella, that's that's where I would start spending my money. Okay, you know, we're talking about the big changes in agriculture and how quickly everything is changing. You know, we look at agriculture today. What are the biggest liability risks that you see right now on just a general family farm operation? Um. <clears throat> So, so for me, probably the most recent uh, concern is the kind of it's kind of a, become a buzzword, I guess. Is is the word pollution? Um, you know, look look across the area. We've got multiple government programs, H two Ohio program for for manure and and uh, phosphorus levels and, and all these things. And now with all these chemical options on your soybeans, you've got I don't know. There's probably four or five with with you've you've got the original Roundup, you've got Liberty, you've got Enlist, Extend, and any variation of them in that. So so you've always got that concern of what is what's my neighbor got, 
I know I do the spraying and I'm always texting your brother, you know, I'll shoot a text like, Hey, what do we got? We got some weeds sitting between our fields. Mm -hmm. What do you have? And I think that's always a good idea. But within that, there's always that risk of, of drift, you know, yeah, the, the product lifting up and moving. Um, those are, those are kind of the biggest concerns on paper. Now, I guess not to say that you shouldn't be concerned with that. I would say every year we have, I don't know, two or three calls where a guy says, oh, I, a bunch of my neighbor's fields turning, it's cupping, uh, the, the corn looks bad, I think I got it. And, and not to say that those never amount to a claim, they always look worse than they are. You know, come mm-hmm. harvest time, mm-hmm. the, the neighbor farmer's looking for a yield that they didn't lose a lot of times. So that's probably the biggest buzzword. But to me, the biggest concern, uh, you know, within that idea is that tank that you're hauling in your sprayer, let's say that that axle breaks and a thousand gallon goes in the ditch. Mm -hmm. That's an immediate concern Mm -hmm. because believe it or not, those ditches have a lot of fish in them and the EPA is really good at counting. Like the the fish that you didn't think were worth anything, they got a dollar amount for every one of those. Right. Yeah. Um, So those are the, you know, that's kind of the, the area that um, maybe it's still a concern. I, I just would focus it differently maybe. But but that's that's a pollution coverage, and within that there's there's concern of overapplication of manure and runoff. Um, all of that goes into that pollution coverage. Why? What does that coverage look like? You know, and you kind of gave some micro, uh, you know, with the drift, and then some macro where you have a whole tank spill. What does that coverage look like? So so that coverage, you know, without going into exciting legalese nerd uh, details, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We always laugh at the office when somebody walks in and they say, I was reading over my policy, which if you guys have a policy, it's 60 pages long usually. And I always get nervous when somebody walks in and says, I was reading my policy. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, what they read. Yeah. Um, good luck with that. Yeah. Too. <laughs> good, luck. good luck. It's uh, sit up by the toilet and have a nice read. But yeah. um, so, so that looks like uh, it's a pollution endorsement. Most policies okay. don't come with a lot of coverage for that. Okay. Most farm policies include 25,000. Which isn't a big number. Yeah, seems like and that gets spent. It typically can be purchased quick. up to a million. Okay. Okay. Um, so another one of those things that just ask. Yep. Ask your agent, ask somebody. Cause as soon as that spill occurs, twenty five thousand, you know, that's gone quick. And I'm sure with, you know, the ramp up with H two Ohio programs and the really push for conservation, it's probably much more of a thing to keep up on. Um, and I, I would guess even, you know, we talked about for chemical application, but even our livestock uh, uh, guys for manure application uh, runoff if, you know, from one of the from a barn or something like that, I, you know, I think is probably a definite big concern uh, for a lot. Yeah. And, and, you know, with with the application, and I know a lot of these confinement guys aren't necessarily spreading their own manure, but there are a few that are. And, you know, the way the forecast is there's no rain and then there is rain, mm-hmm. you know, just like that. So you, even, even the guy that does it to the letter, there's still tremendous risk in that. So, mm-hmm. and the one thing I wanted to cover, <clears throat> you know, we, this is kind of, a, I described this as a learning podcast. So you said the word endorsement, mm-hmm. you know, I guess, can you break down for someone who's not real up on, on insurance? You know, you, you have the policy and you have endorsements, which I would yeah. assume are like add-ons, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
So every policy, and I really don't know how far to go into this because it's not terribly exciting. But yeah, uh, <laughs> make it. You're, if there's one man in this world that can make it exciting, it's Luke Dickinson. So so uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, your policy kind of comes with a shell. You know that that is what a policy includes, and that's the sixty pages that is on everybody's farm policy. Mm-hmm. If you have six chickens, and I have a you know poultry confinement barn, our base jacket looks the same. Okay. Okay. But then you probably aren't going to pick a lot of endorsements with your six chickens. I'm going to need, maybe, maybe I need coverage for all those chickens, or maybe I just grow those chickens for somebody. Mm. But all of those options are add-on endorsements. Okay. And they okay. all come with a premium. Okay. You know, we don't give anything away free. Yeah. Insurance is known for giving. No, no, <laughs> no bogos out there? No buy one, get ones? No, sir. No. All right. Well, yeah, Matt and I, uh, we actually did uh, a few episodes or two ago, did talked about equipment, uh, equipment yes. values and, and how we've seen a lot of appreciation in, in equipment this year. How does a farmer, uh, when they chat with their agent, how does that, how does that increase in value affect their policy and what should they be proactively doing with their policies when that happens? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so I always, it's funny. Cause when I, when I talk to guys, I always ask them about ag credit. Cause I know, and I was actually just working on this week the fun balance sheet that you guys send oh. every year. Oh, yes. It was working on that the other night because I had tons of time. But So, I mean, that's a good place to start. Guys that, that are, are constantly working with ag credit, they know, you know, every year you guys are kind of looking at what does that equipment look like? Um, whether they get that number from, you know, your, your tractor house, machinery repeat type websites, or if they have a good relationship with their dealer, you know, a lot of times uh, if you're buying stuff, a lot of times you can go to your dealer and say, hey, here's my 10 big items. What did they do last year? Are they worth the same? And then within that, that's kind of the document we look at because, you know, everybody thinks that their tractor is the best one in the state. You know what I mean? Everybody's, yep. oh, I take yeah. care of mine better the than cleanest, anybody. The cleanest, the yeah. best paint. Yeah. 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 Only yeah. driven on Sunday by my grandma kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> we still got to realize that equipment is kind of based on the year the hours and the condition is a factor, but it's not necessarily doesn't trump those other things, obviously either. But okay. But I'm a big okay. So before we go away from that, I, I the way we do farms is we believe in blankets. Um, so I think historically the the thing I've seen change a lot in equipment is insurance policies used to schedule each item, and it was on the declaration page that 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 page we talked about mm-hmm. and every item was on there listed out. And then at the bottom, there may be a blanket of miscellaneous things, tools, uh, you know, hay, straw, grain, feed, whatever. The bigger that blanket can be, the more forgiveness uh, a farmer can have if something appreciated from the previous year. So, so instead of having a hundred thousand a blanket with all my twenty items listed separately, if I can put all of those into one blanket, and now my blanket goes from a hundred to one and a half million, well, now I've got a lot of freedom. Then, if one tractor burns up and I only had it insured at one hundred and fifty, and it's worth one hundred and seventy, okay, that's what I like. It's a it's a good it's a forgiving tool. Okay, for okay. the guys that. I mean, everybody knows they're not talking to their agent once a week, mm-hmm. you know, you, right. It, it just doesn't happen. I'd love to see 
guys call me more often, but you know, it just isn't reality. If, uh, like a scenario where, you know, someone's got an older combine, they make a huge upgrade to a brand new combine, you know, and, and they, they neglect to, to maybe chat with you about it. If they don't have a blanket policy and they don't tell you, Hey, I got this new $200,000 combine in that scenario, you're saying the blanket would kind of save them, so to speak, because, they, they'd be covered, but if they yes. didn't have that blanket and they didn't update you and they still had a $20,000 combine listed and that one burn up, it would be difficult one. to find coverage to cover that combine in that situation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As a farmer myself, I know that that communication doesn't occur. I like to meet with, with insureds once a year. That doesn't even always happen. And, and, and things have changed where with loans, when, when people are taking loans out, you, you guys know this, you're, mm-hmm. you guys contact me. So-and-so bought a combine. I mean, anytime there's a loan, the banks, the lenders are, are keeping on top of that pretty good. But when, when, you, when you schedule everything, you've got to be very diligent in updating. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that people don't insure it that way and that it can't be done that way. It just, you need to be a little bit more diligent in that situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Not many people like obviously sitting down and doing paperwork, but there, there's a reason you have to, you know, yeah. it's important to do. It's important to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, Luke, kind of taking it one step further, we talk about the price of the equipment nowadays. We also look at repair costs. You know, what other coverages should I consider as a farmer when I'm dealing with my equipment? What if uh, a field hazard, I I take a rock through the combine and it, you know, you know, pretty much annihilates the guts of it. Right. So that that that's an interesting um, coverage you bring up is is rock ingestion that's one that's changed a tremendous amount and mostly and i forgive me i'm a john deere guy so we won't hold that against you yeah so so most of my examples are going to be john deere but the biggest thing that changed in that world is going from the you know the old steel walker system to the rotors and so when i started it it was pretty common to see guys would have rock ingestion coverage for ten thousand. you know well, now with a new rotor machine, if a rock gets through that trap or a fence post or a you know an old fertile, a, a field cultivator shovel, whatever a shank gets in there, you know it starts at twenty and goes up twenty thousand. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. that's a coverage that it's it's not as rare as it used to be, but you really need to make sure you've got at least fifty thousand on rock ingestion, if not more on that. Okay. Okay. Um, but as far as other other coverages, we talk about extra expense coverage. It's essentially that coverage where if you do have a claim and, and keyword, you have a, an insurance claim, whether it be fire, collision, rock ingestion, and it those always happen peak times. Yep. I mean, you're not running your combine, you know, in May, maybe you have oats or something, but uh, you're, you're not running it in the spring because they're going to have plenty to rent you in the spring. You're running it in October. Uh, in November. And so inevitably what happens is when you have that claim, you go by Kenfeld, it's pretty slim pickings to, to find a combine. Mm-hmm. So what that coverage does, if you have a claim, it gives you coverage to either go rent another machine or if that's not available, it will pay a neighbor, a custom applicator to come in and, and get you caught up. Okay. okay. To pay for those custom harvest yep. fees. Yep. And, and that's a coverage we, we see more on the younger farmer side. Uh, and a lot of these these add-on coverages, I don't want to say that they're not purchased. I mean, it's all just depends on your your need. Mm-hmm. If you've got, you know, if, if you're 
got a little bit deeper pockets than the grandson, then you may not, you know, pick those coverages as, as that important to you. And again, and I, I kind of want to jump back to, I guess, like this year, uh, you know, 2021, 2022, as we enter the 2022 crop year, we've seen some some increased prices and um, uh, higher prices, higher yields. You know, what what happens when that happens? You know, in the last year, we've kind of been we had a really good year, at least locally here in mm-hmm. Vanier County area. Um, what does that look like from an insurance standpoint? Well, I think the the question is probably what do you do with grain? You know, that's, that's probably my number, number one question from, from farms, grain farms is, do I try to insure all this grain? And if I do want to insure it all, what number do I put on it? I mean, you go back six months, corn was what, in the threes probably still. Mm-hmm. So do I, you know, I mean, everybody's bends are probably pretty full right now. Mm-hmm. If I put that at 350 versus 620, you know, that number drastically changes. Oh, yeah. Um, so the old adage is you can be insurance poor. And so I, I would say it's very uncommon for a customer to insure every bit of their grain. Okay. It, it, okay. it becomes almost impossible to keep up with it, one. And then, you know, it's it's – I don't want to say you don't ever see grain bins go down that are full. It's not the most common um, so when you ask me where I would spend my money, if I was, if I was telling you, I would probably not spend it all there. I wouldn't okay. spend it okay. all trying to insure every bushel on my farm. Okay. You know, I think, uh, we talked about the grain stored on the farm there again with inputs that have really skyrocketed, uh, for us here for the 2022 growing season, a lot of stored fertilizer, chemicals, seed on the farm. You know, should a farmer uh, look to adjust that insurance on the higher prices of the inputs, what we have in these now? Yeah, so I think I'm going to go – that that particular question is – it's kind of funny because, well, one, you if you can even get your chemicals right now and, mm. and fertilizer, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of laughed on anhydrous. They made us a terrible offer, and we took it this year. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, – that's kind of the thing, you know, everybody's, they're looking at Roundup is, is probably the biggest jump. One, they probably don't even have it in their barn yet, but when they do, they're going to lock it up with, you know, padlocks this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something everybody's, anybody's ever really brought up is somebody stealing my chemicals. But I've actually had that question brought to me a couple times. But to answer the question, I think it all comes back to the term, the blanket that we talked about. I'm just a big advocate of, of keeping that blanket as big as you can, can keep it because then it, it fills in these gaps, these differences, these, you know, maybe you have on a normal year, you have 50,000 of, of chemicals sitting out there. Well, I have a million dollar blanket and I just use that number. I'm not saying we only deal with million dollar mm-hmm. blankets, but you have that million dollar blanket. Well, now if it went from 50 to a hundred thousand in value, my, my chemicals, that doesn't look like a big difference because I have this large pool to pick from. Mm. Um, so, so that's probably where I would, you know, I would just make sure that you keep that blanket reasonable. Don't go through and cut all your equipment 20% and, and cut your fertilizer and then rely on it because you still have that risk of a fire or a tornado where the whole barn could, could go. Gotcha. True. Yeah. Yeah. So you got, you, you know, the, the key that I, I tell farmers is look at the numbers on the policy because, 
all these coverages sound great. They can, the, the policy can use the, the fanciest words, but the numbers written on the policy are the most they're going to pay. Gotcha. So yep, that's, okay. yeah, that's good to think about. Yeah. Just yeah. because something's worth more today doesn't yep. mean, yeah. And that, that kind of spins me to my next question. Actually, you and I talked a little bit about, uh, this would have been, uh, you know, midway through 2021 when we saw cost to construct, you know, building materials, everyone kind of saw wood prices go up. And I know you and I had a conversation about, you know, uh, people putting up buildings or constructed buildings, you know, a few years ago, what should they be doing and how should they be chatting with you about, about, you know, barn fires or, you know, something like that come a windstorm coming and knocking a barn down. Yeah. So, so, uh, I guess I mentioned at the beginning, my wife started working with me and this was something that we started tackling last February, I think, um, January or February. And unfortunately in insurance, you learn a lot from experience. So we started seeing some, some claims where what we had barns insured at and what they cost to rebuild, there was getting to be a pretty good gap there. And when I, we talk about the term replacement cost, and that does mean that the insurance policy will replace the building. But the key takeaway is the number that's on that policy is you're still subject to that limit. So what we run into, and especially for some of our older customers, you know, when I talk to them, they, they you know, they give me the, oh, I built that barn in 1975 and that only cost me 30,000. Well, it cost you 210 to build it today. Mm-hmm. Right. And so my younger generation farmers were all looking at me and even their dad and grandpa gone, okay, we we've got to insure this for what it would cost to build it. You know, as much as they love ag credit, they don't want to have to go back to ag credit to get a barn they're already using mm-hmm. back. Yep. Um, so that was, that was the thing is we were changing a lot of square footage, you know, guys that used to be using $8 a square foot on a pole barn. You know, we were seeing that number going up closer to 20, 25, 30, depending on, you know, what it looked like. And you guys know not every pole barn is the same. Right. There's, right. there's, yeah. You know, the names on the side of them and, and there's some stick built ones from the Amish crews that not to say they're not as good, but the price is different. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, a lot of, yeah. Features from concrete to insulation to yep. bathrooms to, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. They're not just uh, the old uh, work only barns anymore either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. You know, Luke, uh, we talk about, uh, bring our livestock producers into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what type of coverage and variables should uh, they consider for insurance as livestock producers? Yeah, so so uh, that's a pretty wide question because, uh, you know, within the livestock uh, farmers, you've, you've still got some guys that have cattle barns and hog barns where they still own the hogs. I think it's probably becoming a little bit more rare. I, I don't know. You guys have some experience with that too. Yeah, I, I, you know, there's definitely not as many independents yeah, anymore, a lot more, a lot more contract. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure that, like you said, is probably going to change a lot how you look at, uh, look at things too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the guys that have the, that own their own cattle, you know, uh, they've, they need to, to have those items, those, those either the per head of cattle or if they've got pigs or some big sheep farmers in the area, as That's you know, true. Phil. That's true. Uh, so, uh, you know, those items, when, when you own them, those need to be on that blanket. And I feel like I keep saying the same word over and over again, but uh, that's just one more thing that falls into that same blanket category. Um, as far as the other side of it, you know, the turkey confinements, the hog confinements, where they're just getting paid rent. 
square footage. They don't own the animals. There's, there's just a whole lot of coverages that we could go into. But the one I want to start with is it's called contract growers. Essentially what it is, is it's a liability endorsement to cover where the owner of the barn somehow is liable for damaging the animals that they don't own. Because obviously when we talk about a blanket, those insure items you own. Well, in the case that you're a contract grower, you would not have ownership of those animals. So that's where we would like to see. It's it's a liability endorsement for animals you're responsible for. Okay. Now, the other side of it that probably pertains more to the ag credit side is loss of income. So as you guys know, guys that have a loan on a barn, they're making payments to somebody. If that barn is destroyed, they're not going to be receiving income during that period of rebuild. So that's another coverage that might be something that a young farmer in particular would want to look into just to make sure that they're maintaining their income level to make those payments while that barn is being rebuilt. Okay. Another question I just thought of, uh, do you deal with like key man policies at all? Is that, is that your, on your, the life side on the, yeah, I guess on the life yeah. side, I mean, that's kind of, we're kind of bridging a different topic and different side of insurance, but you know, when you, loss of income, you have the, the person that, you know, obviously is the, the main stakeholder, the, the guy with maker, all the knowledge, right. yep. the, you know, yep. and, and all of a sudden he's not there anymore or he passes or, you know, we're in a COVID environment. Um, you yeah. Know. I mean, the only thing to make this conversation more exciting is life insurance. I feel yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or bringing up the topic of COVID, right? <laughs> yeah. We don't hear that enough. Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, I mean, life insurance is, it's another tool. It's a risk management tool that, that, I mean, I think everybody should, should consider there's disability policies. There's all kinds of things. I mean, like, you know, I wouldn't be a true insurance agent if I didn't say we'll sell it if you want it. Life insurance in, in the ag sector is very important whether it's estate planning or like you said, key man, um, it's just a tool to keep an operation from taking an even bigger hit from losing, uh, you know, that person, mm-hmm. that, that person that's mm-hmm. necessary. Um, and money doesn't always solve the problem, but you know, it, it's a, it's a nice way to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uncle always said, Money doesn't buy happiness, but he'd like one chance to prove that wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I, and I, uh, we, we have a lot of younger listeners. Um, so I want to kind of shift topics, I guess, and give you a kind of hit you with a scenario. Maybe mm-hmm. if you want to share one or two or, uh, dependent on, on, uh, what you think, but you know, there's some people out there that may, they have insurance and, and thank heavens they've never had to file a claim. You know, they're, they're the lucky, the lucky people that, that haven't had to do that. A situation where, you know, a windstorm comes through or a heavy storm knocks down their barn, you know, I guess, yep. what does filing a claim look like? How, you know, walk us through that entire process for someone who maybe hasn't done it before. Yeah. So let's, let's uh, just go with that example of a barn, yeah. barn blows down um, or burns, uh, whatever, you know, we could get into a lot of things here, but because within the barn, there could be a lot of things sitting inside of it. Sure. You know, those coverages are given to you on a policy in different line items. You've got buildings on one line item. You've got equipment on that blanket and, and obviously tools, whatever. But the first step is, you know, communicate with your agent. Mm-hmm. Let them know, hey, this is what happened. Get the ball rolling. That agent then is just going to send it to whatever company you bought the insurance from. So we're just a representative of 12 insurance companies. We, we would see who you have it insured with. We're going to contact them. That claim is then assigned to a claims adjuster. Okay. okay. That's the person that you're going to deal with the most. Okay. 
So conversations, emails, estimates, you know, all the things that, that, that are, you're going to take to get that building rebuilt. And maybe what it is is just stabilizing a building. You know, mm. maybe that building can be saved. Or, or maybe it's the money that I need to clean up the mess. You know, all of these things, it just depends on the type of claim. But those are all conversations with your adjuster. Where we get involved is where, you know, maybe there's something that didn't get communicated right to the adjuster or there needs to be something looked at a little bit more thoroughly. Um, and so we'll get involved and say, hey, you, maybe you missed this because you, you didn't give them enough for this because of this reason. Mm, uh, you know? okay. okay. So we're going to get involved more on mm. the, the, the micro level where you come to me and say, I didn't think they, they gave me enough on this or be your advocate. Basically. Yeah. 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 That's kind of our job to yeah. step in and cause we know the, the customer, mm-hmm. you know, where the adjuster, maybe he just knows farms, but he may not know your ch- whole story, mm-hmm. I guess. Gotcha. Should, uh, I guess, well, I mean, pictures, I mean, should that be kind of step two, then call you and then just snap as many instant, you know, as soon as you see it, snap pictures of it. Is that something yeah, I mean, should do? Or Pictures are great in insurance. You yeah. know, if you can just remember where you saved them, yeah. you know, I've got <laughs> jump drives of pictures at home of different things. And when you bring up pictures, I think it's a good idea to, I always tell guys in their shop, just go in your shop and take a picture of each wall. Yeah. I mean, just look at what would it cost to replace a parts bin? Oh gosh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. that, that doesn't even go on anybody's list. Mm-hmm. Just a bolt spin. Mm-hmm. My goodness. You got 70 years of bolts, um, you know, and some farmers are more pack ratty than the others, I guess. But yeah, so pictures are great. I mean, pictures say an awful lot. Yeah. So I would encourage you to get pictures before as well as, you know, after the pictures don't look as good. Pictures are great because uh, it, it kind of, tells a story without somebody having to, especially on smaller claims yeah. where an adjuster may not come out. You know, if you've got a couple thousand dollar claim on a vehicle, a lot of times they'll rely on pictures, Okay, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of talked a little bit about this, I think before, um, but how, how, how is it an annual conversation? I think, you know, how often should they be meeting with you? You know, and obviously there's situations that maybe call for more, a higher frequency, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've, you know, I guess you guys kind of know there's a lot of differences between farmers, but, you know, there's guys that haven't bought a piece of equipment in 30 years, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if your newest piece of equipment's a 4020, you know, probably not a lot has changed from the previous year. But then there's guys that, you know, you could probably meet once a month and they could tell you something new that they mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. So I, I think to answer that question is it, it needs to be as often as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't want to take up somebody's time for an hour when they have nothing to say and, you know, just to hear myself talk. But on the other side of it, you can't just assume your agent knows because you know. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, as a lender, we like to go like, is there, has there, is there a change? When a change happens, probably maybe wouldn't hurt to, to call your right. call yeah. your agent. Uh, are you buying something? Probably yeah. call your agent, you know, just to. Let them know. But you uh, know that answer. You get farmers like, did you buy anything? Nope. And then you're looking at the balance. You're like, where did this tractor come from? <laughs> oh, well, I bought a tractor. <laughs> right, know? right. Yeah. Then you think of three or four things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that was two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Luke, any other uh, advice or insurance tips you can give the listeners? We kind of talked about, you know, the communication. I think that's key. I mean, it's funny because guys will call me and say, oh, I'm so sorry to bug you. 
I just had a question or I was thinking about something. You know what happens? Yeah. It's always after hours when you're just sitting at home idly thinking and you go, I wonder what, if that would be covered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just call. I guarantee your agent will not mind if you call and ask those questions because a lot of times they may look at it and go, shoot, I don't even know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it gives them an opportunity to learn. And not only do they learn for your policy, they learn for your neighbors. You know, maybe that was something that they never considered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, any, any time, I, I'm never, I would, I would think it would be a bad idea as an agent to discourage phone calls because mm-hmm. they always lead to something. Yeah. And you're in a situation where you don't want to stare across the table from somebody and be like, that's, that's, that's not covered. Yeah. You know, you know, I didn't know you had this or this is, yeah, that's, that's a great question. You know, learning afterwards sucks. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's cause there's just only so much we can do at the point that the policy doesn't show it. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we can't as much as I'd love to go back and just add it two weeks earlier. Just can't, Mm -hmm. you know, gotcha. So so, Luke, you know, another uh, question I know that's uh, on a lot of uh, farm operations mind, um, you know, we talk about equipment on the roads, hauling um, equipment going down the roads, and even, you know, when we're harvesting, you know, parking along the roads. Uh, you know, as an insurance agent, what advice and tips can you give the guys? Yeah, this is, uh, this is a big question. In fact, I think it's, I don't know if we're officially scheduled yet, but it's, we're shooting for February 28th, uh, Monday night at Willow Bend. Uh, we did this a couple years ago with Ag Credit, Leland Smith did, and, and uh, we bring in state uh, troopers from, there's a guy from Finley representing the Ohio um, Post, and then um, I believe Adam got a guy from Fort Wayne going to okay. come in and just talk about, just because there's so many guys going to Bungie and and a poet and this new Valero uh, in Bluffton and other places over there, New Haven. But um, so it, it's, it's a question I get a lot is, you know, one during harvest, where do I park wagons? Where do I park the semi? I mean, in a perfect world, you'd park them in the field, but you know, rain just doesn't allow for that, you know, every time. So, so, you know, all I can answer from the insurance side is, you have a policy, you have an umbrella that covers your liability, but that's not always, you know, the answer that a farmer's looking for. So that's kind of the idea with this meeting is to get in the experts that say, this is what you should do if you have to park on the road. This is what you should do if you have a 20-foot implement, you know, ways to be uh, as safe as possible so that you're not brought into a lawsuit because of, you know, transporting large equipment. Or, you know, semis going down. A lot of road. guys have more and more semis now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, so, so that's always a question, you know, along with, do I need the name on the side of my truck? Mm-hmm. Do I need a DOT number? Do I need to do IFTAs? You know, these are all questions that I could look up and, and try to get answers to, but I'm just not really that qualified to give them. So that's kind of the idea with this, with this meeting is get the guys in and do a big question and answer on how to be as safe as possible, you know, but still, you know, I think the guys we had in the past were, were pretty open to the fact that farmers still need to get the crop out of the field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just because the the wagon or the semi being on the road is an inconvenience, it doesn't mean that it's not still necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
we had a we had a good meeting six seven years ago, and I just kind of felt like it was a good time for a refresher on that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the idea is to is to get those guys in, and and they're actually last time they were just great guys, just real down to earth. Um, Have the experts there that can answer the questions. Yep. And the right answers. I think they leave their hats on their their ball their uh, uh, cowboy hats, but they they do kind of take the edge off of what you would expect out of a state trooper. Yeah. They kind of are more down to earth. No one was arrested at your last no. meeting. No. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So I just, uh, like Luke said, we are, we're kind of co-hosting or co-collaborating on this event, Ag Credit and, and Leland Smith. And so we're shooting for the 28th of February. I know this, mm-hmm. this podcast reaches a, a wide uh, region of, of Ag Credit. So Willow Bend is a country club. That's where we're shooting to have it. it that's in Van Wert, Ohio. Um, I think, we're probably open to, you know, it's free event. We're open to anyone yep. coming. I, I think probably the biggest thing is maybe that we have a heads up that you are coming just because we yeah. have a, we do have a capacity limit on on the venue. So if you are interested, um, you can call our, our Vanwert Ag Credit office, and that phone number is 419-238-6838 if you want to register. Luke, do you want to share your phone number? Yes, yeah, so, so Leland yeah. Smith uh, is, like I said, we're located in Vanwert, but also Paulding, uh, Antwerp. If you're up north in Delphus, Convoy, and Audeville. Um, so the Vanward office, I guess I'm not going to read off six numbers, but our Vanward office is 419-238-7880. That's probably the best way to contact us. Wow. I tell you what, uh, Phil, uh, this has been a lot of great information today. That's been good stuff. And, and Luke, we want to thank you for joining us uh, today and you know sharing your knowledge and wisdom of farm insurance. We hope you've learned something today and are able to apply that to your own operation. Please feel free to message us on our social media or email us at podcast at agcredit.net. If you have podcast topics, suggestions, you know, comments about Phil, you know, not not me necessarily. Or you want to make fun of Matt. It, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. And don't forget to uh, rate and subscribe uh, the Ag Credit Setup podcast and tune in for the next episode. If you're interested in learning more on how Ag Credit can help you with financing your farm operation, feel free to visit us at agcredit.net and find your local Ag Credit office. Thanks, and we will see you next time. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Set It. Want to talk ag in between episodes? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ag Credit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net and be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Catch you next time. Yeah.